WNYC Studios is supported by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City from WNYC. I'm Janae Pierre. The 60-day rule is one thing and one thing only, harassment. In Manhattan, immigrant groups and city leaders are decrying Mayor Eric Adams' plan to force migrant families and their children out of shelters. The Adams administration is now limiting shelter stays to just 60 days. New York City Comptroller Brad Landers' office is investigating how the mayor is implementing his policy to limit shelter stays for migrants. We may not be able to prevent the cruelty of evicting pregnant women and families in the middle of wintertime, but we can at least demand the information for how the implementation of that policy is taking place. Lander announced his probe Tuesday morning outside the Rowe Hotel in Midtown, which serves as an emergency shelter for migrants. He says he wants the Adams administration to detail how much it's costing to transfer migrant families with nowhere to go to other shelters or if they request tickets to leave the city. A city hall spokesperson says they've been in close contact with Lander's office, calling the inquiry puzzling. More than 100 organizations are urging Governor Kathy Hochul to approve funding for more overdose prevention centers. WNYC's Caroline Lewis has more on a letter the group sent Hochul earlier this week. Advocates are accusing Governor Hochul of not taking the overdose crisis seriously. Manhattan currently has two overdose prevention centers where people can use illicit drugs like fentanyl under medical supervision. The group that runs the centers estimates they've saved 1,300 people from overdoses so far. But Governor Hochul has rejected proposals to use money from legal settlements with pharmaceutical companies to fund more of these facilities. A letter from her administration last month said the money can't go towards programs that violate state or federal laws, but didn't elaborate on her office's legal analysis. Stay close. There's more after the break. On Radio Lab. First, we thought we made some sort of mistake. Two surprisingly simple scientific discoveries. This is crazy. <laughs> I mean, we were just so surprised. That makes us reconsider our assumptions about progress. We need to learn the language of the doctors of that time. We need to be a little bit less dismissive. Staff retreat from Radio Lab. I learned a bit of humility this way. Listen wherever you get podcasts. The number of young New Yorkers admitted to the city's juvenile detention centers hit a six-year high in 2023, according to city data. That has led to overcrowding in both the city's juvenile detention facilities. 
City officials have acknowledged the issue and have asked the state for help. For more, my colleague Tiffany Hansen talked with WNYC's Jesse Edwards. When we talk about jails, what do we mean when we talk about these youth jails? And also, what are the conditions like? So when we talk about youth jails, what we're really talking about is detention facilities. So think bedrooms rather than jail cells. Um, They're run by the city's Administration for Children's Services, more commonly known as the ACS. I want to give you a little bit of important background. Um, By law, every young person is meant to get their own bedroom and their own bed in these facilities. That's for safety. It's to prevent from young people being assaulted overnight or having their belongings stolen. But due to the overcrowding, the city has had to find other places to house these teenagers. Since fall, teens have been sleeping in communal areas in the city-run jails. I'm talking classrooms, visiting areas. They sleep in makeshift beds on the ground alongside other teenagers, some of whom have been accused of more violent crimes than others. Lawyers say the teens report being cold, they report being uncomfortable sleeping on these plastic pallet beds, and some are afraid to go to sleep. We also know that the group's sleeping arrangement has already led to some violent incidents. This week, city officials told me that there's been three altercations in the group settings overnight, and some teenagers have been left with bruises. I mentioned in the open there are two of these centres, right? So where are they? And describe for us the population at those centres. Yeah, so there are two centres. One is in the South Bronx and the other one is in Brownsville in Brooklyn. Together, the jails hold about 200 young New Yorkers. They're aged between 12 and 21 years old. They've been charged with crimes. Most of them are awaiting trial. They haven't been convicted yet. And the charges, they range from petty theft right through to murder. Over 90% of the young people held in these detention centres are black or Latino. When we're talking about the teenagers that are being housed in classrooms, those teens are aged between 14 and 17 years old. All right. We know the city has acknowledged this is an issue. So what are city officials saying? Yeah, so ACS officials acknowledge that the teenage detention rate has been steadily climbing. In the past two years, annual admissions to the city jails have almost doubled to more than 1,700. That's what's led to this overcrowding situation. The city told me that it's been planning for months to build more beds to accommodate more teenagers, but there's no timeline set for that yet. That's why last fall, the ACS asked the state if it could bypass that single bedroom law and start housing teens in these communal areas, Mm. start housing them in classrooms. The state said yes, but it put a deadline on it. The deadline was January 5th. All right. So the deadline has passed. Where are we now? Yeah. So I reached out to the city and the state this week for an update. State officials told me they've agreed to extend the waiver. They will let the city continue housing teens in communal areas for another three months. That means teens will continue to sleep in classrooms and groups through April. We mentioned lawyers giving us some insight into how these teens are feeling. What are other advocates saying about this? Yeah, so the teens' attorneys say they're appalled that the city and the state would let the facilities get this overcrowded. Uh, The head of Legal Aid's Juvenile Rights Unit told me she hopes this isn't going to be the start of a series of extensions to the waiver that see teenagers sleeping in classrooms all year. 
And advocates say the bigger problem is a lack of funding for alternatives to detention, things like at-home therapeutic programs that actually reduce the youth detention rates. Also last year, there were cuts to programs that aim to prevent teens from entering the criminal justice system in the first place. Advocates say that the city should be investing in these kinds of initiatives instead of building bigger youth jails. Overcrowding is at a six-year high. Why is it so high right now? Well, city officials say the spike is driven by an increase in youth arrests, as well as longer stays in the jail. They also point to the Raise the Age law, that 2018 law that sees 16- and 17-year-olds who are charged with crimes sent to youth jails instead of sending them to Rikers Island. Almost half of the people in youth detention right now are people who were jailed when they were 16 or 17, and they're still waiting for their trials years later. Some of them are in their early 20s now. That's WNYC's Jesse Edwards talking with my colleague Tiffany Hansen. Thanks for listening to NYC Now from WNYC. Catch us every weekday, three times a day. I'm Janae Pierre. We'll be back tomorrow.